And just as a person sins by his own volition, consciously and willfully, so too he may do teshuva consciously and willfully. Gimel. We keep going because we're seeing how is the Rambam going to address these verses. It's all leading up. He's giving us the principles by which we're going to explain these confusing verses that seem to, to contradict the notion of free choice. It's possible a person will commit a grave sin. Or many sins. Before he must give an accounting in front of the true judge, that there will be a repayment to the sinner for these sins. So here the Rambam is now, we see how he's getting to the answer. He's saying that there could come a point that a person will commit such a grave sin or so many sins until God, the true judge, will decide that the punishment for this sinner, for these sins that he did, his punishment is that he's not going to be able to do teshuva. So, as he said in number two, that teshuva is a shield, a tris, it's a shield for these consequences. So that's a, that's a great benefit, that you have this option to do teshuva and you can avoid the consequences of sin. But if the person's sin is so grave, God removes that option, takes it off the table. Teshuvah is no longer on the table for this person. His sin is so grave. And he will not have free choice anymore to do teshuvah. They do not give him permission to return from his sinfulness. So that he will die. And be lost by the sin that he did. And now he gets to those verses. This is what God, the Holy One, blessed be, says through His prophet Isaiah, chapter 6, verse 10. The heart of this nation, Hashmain, has become fat. I'm sorry, make the heart of this people fat and make their ears heavy. Smear over their eyes, lest they see with their eyes, understand with their hearts, repent and be healed. So here in Isaiah, it's very clear that God is saying, I don't want them to repent. Make their, make their heart fat and make their ears heavy so that they don't see and they don't hear and that they don't repent. Why? Because they had committed such grave sins that they didn't deserve to repent. This is in, in, in Chronicles. That they mocked the messengers of God, scorned his words, scoffed at his prophets until the anger of God mounted up against his people until there was no remedy. Ad le'ein marpei. What is that referring to? Teshuvah. What's the remedy? What's the marpei, like from the word rofei, a healer? There was no healing. Ad le'ein marpei. Keloimar explains, the Rambam explains the verse. They committed sins until their, their punishment was that they were prevented from doing shuva, shehi hamarpei. Teshuva is the remedy, it is the healing, it is the antidote. So in this case it says, they mocked the, the messengers of God, the prophets, till God's anger arose on his people, ad marpei, to the point where there was no healing, meaning they were prevented from doing teshuva. 
Now we have another verse, this one we're more familiar with. Isaiah, Chronicles, this is like, you know, extra credit, heavy-duty stuff for the scholars. But here he cites a verse that we all know from Shemos, from the story of the Exodus. Lefiha Kosov Batoira, Exodus 4.21, Vani Aksha Slave Paroi. I am going to harden the heart of Paro. And we know the famous question, well, what about free choice? How could God harden the heart of Paro? Says the Rambam, because he, Paro, he committed this sin first. And he, he did such harm to the Jews who lived in his land. As it says, It was correct. It was the proper justice to prevent from him the opportunity to do Shishuva until he would be punished. Therefore, God hardens his heart and, 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 uh, and doesn't allow him to do the right thing so that he will be punished for his original, his original um, sin. Now the Rambam asks a question. If he's going to harden the heart of Paro, then why, why is he sending Moshe to go and say, Shlach, send out the Jewish people, Vasei Tshuva and Dutishuva, God already said to Paro that I know that you're not going to send them out. Says the Rambam, the reason for this whole process of telling him to repent, even though he's saying he's not going to repent, is Paro is being used as a prop to teach the people of the world. That when God will prevent a person from doing teshuva, he cannot repent. He will die in his wickedness. So that's an example from Paro. So he gave us an example from Isaiah, from Chronicles, from Paro. And now he's going to give us an example from the Canaanites. The Jews have gone through the desert. They come to the land of Israel. The Canaanites, because of their abominations, God prevented them from doing tshuva. Until they did war, waged war with Israel. This is from the book of Joshua. We have the same expression, that God hardens their heart to go and do war with the Jewish people, Laman Hachrimam, in order to destroy them. So just as God hardens the, the heart of Paro, God hardens the heart of the Canaanites because without that, without that intervention from God, the Canaanites were shivering from the Jews. As we read in Azyashir, as Rachav, the innkeeper, uh, told told the, the spies, Yeshua spies, yeah, everybody's afraid of the Jewish people, but yet they went and fought the Jews. Why? God hardened their heart. This was a punishment for their abominations that they were destroyed in this way. So they did lose their freedom of choice. By their free choice, they would have given up. But no, God removed their freedom of choice because of earlier sins that they had committed. This happens again to the Jewish people in the days of Elijah. So we had examples from the non-Jewish world, Paro, the Canaanites. Now it happens to the Jews too. Because their sins. This is, of course, in the times of Ahav and Jezebel with all of the idolatry that was going on. 
God prevents those who are particularly egregious in their sinfulness from doing tshuva, as it says in the book of Kings. You have turned their heart backwards, held repentance back from them. This is what Elijah tells God. Elijah tells God, you, God, have turned their heart backwards and held repentance back for them. So with all of these examples, the Rambam sums up and says, So all this teaches us, God did not command Paro to harm the Jews, nor did he command Sichain to sin in his land, and nor on the Canaanites to be abominable. In their actions, nor did he command the Jewish people to serve idolatry, obviously. They all sinned by their own free choice. And their punishment was, because of the egregiousness of their sin, that teshuva was not made available to them. Let's pause there for a question or comment, if there is any. Jonathan Vakasha. So it seems as if when you say God takes the free will away, they no longer have the desire to do tshuva. So it, it seems as if, if someone, presumably someone would only do tshuva if they had the desire to do tshuva, but the actual mechanics and act of doing tshuva with the proper intent accomplishes the what tshuva is meant to accomplish. God takes these individuals' desire to do tshuva away from them. And that's how, that's what that's what's meant here by saying it's, Tshuva is no longer an option. Right. He hardens their heart. Exactly. Very good. So it's not as if they, they would like to do tshuva, but they find out that that's no longer right, an option. Right, right, right. Right, because that was the other alternative. This yeah, is, they yeah. just don't even want to do it. Exactly, exactly. Okay. Okay. Very good. Well, let us keep going. Number four, Rambam says that the very righteous and the prophets, they ask God in their prayers to help them on the path of truth. As King David says in Psalms chapter 27, which we're going to start saying pretty soon, the beginning of Elul. Hashem. Teach me, O God, your ways. Kiloimar. Right? And and lead me in the in the uh, in the in the proper path, in the path of straightness. Don't allow my sins to prevent me from going on the path of truth. Which from the path from which I will know your way and the oneness of your name. In other words, in other words, the Rambam is now applying this to the righteous and saying that they are aware of this phenomenon that our sins can prevent us from doing Teshuvah. David is praying, don't let that happen to me. I don't want that to happen to me. Support me with a spirit of magnanimity. Allow my spirit to do your desire. 
And don't allow my sins to prevent me from doing Teshuvah. Let it remain in, in my hands, the choice in my hands, until I repent and understand and know the way of your truth. Now what is the Rambam, so all verses that are similar, what is the Rambam doing over here? The Rambam, as we started off in the chapter, said that there are people who make a mistake and think that there are verses in the Torah that seem to imply determinism. And here you see the verses. When, when King David says, you could see how somebody would, would mistakenly think when he says, God, show me your way and put me on the path. It sounds like King David is saying that God can control your life and you don't have to have free choice. You just pray and God will take care of it. You know, it'll be like a Tesla being driven or self-driving car. Or where he says, you know, support me with the spirit of magnanimity, that could be misinterpreted to mean that, that God is supporting me and now I'm on auto drive. Says the Rambam, what is, what is King David saying here? Not that he's, he's asking God to take away my free choice. He's actually asking God to preserve his free choice. And don't allow my sins to take away my free choice. Bless me that I should have free choice and that my sins shouldn't disrupt that. Let's do one. This is a long one. We'll leave that for our next meeting because this is super duper long. You know what? Let's do it. Let's do it. Hey, Mao's Eshel Mar David. Rambam's too good. Just can't can't get enough. Mao's Eshel Mar David. Ooh, now we have a verse. It's a gotcha verse. This verse sounds like determinism. What is it? God is good and upright. Therefore, he instructs sinners in the path. He guides the humble in the path of justice and teaches the humble his way. Rambam says, no, 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 no. It's not that God is, is forcing anybody to go in a certain way. He's sending prophets to teach them the ways of God so that they might return with teshuva. But still, they're going to have to do it with their own free choice. And he gave him the strength to learn and to understand. As long as he is drawn in the ways of, of wisdom and justice, he desires them and he pursues them. And this is what our sages said. If somebody comes to be purified, they help him out. He will find himself that he's being helped along. Okay, so here Rambam is telling us that yes, you can you'll receive assistance, you will receive encouragement from the prophets, from God, but ultimately it comes down to your free choice. Now the Rambam raises a question. But it says in the Torah, this should probably be a new halacha. It says there's a prophecy that that nation doesn't name Egypt, but it says there's a foreign nation that's going to cause, that's going to enslave the Jewish people and oppress them. So you might, the, the determinist will say, aha, I gotcha. God decreed upon the Egyptians to do evil. And another verse in the Torah in Deuteronomy about the Jewish people says, God says, he prophesies that this nation, the Jews, they're going to get up and they're going to stray following the, the foreign gods of the land. God himself commanded, decreed that we're going to end up worshipping idols. So where's our free choice? So why are we punished? 
says the Rambam, God never said about any particular individual Jew. He didn't say all Jews. He said the Jewish people. And he never said, this Jew, you in the third row, you're going to worship idols now. Each one of those Jews who served idols, if he had decided not to, he didn't, ha- he didn't have to. No, nobody was forcing him. God was just telling you the nature of the world, the pattern of the world. God is informing Moses of what is the natural thing that people will, will uh, be drawn to. But it never decreed upon any individual to actually serve an idol. So it's basically like saying, among this nation, there are going to be righteous and they're going to be wicked. So the wicked person cannot say, well, God said there's going to be wicked among the people. So I'm, I'm, I'm guiltless. So Ramam says, oh, we also have a similar verse regarding poverty. He also says, always be a poor person in the land. That doesn't mean that this particular person has to be poor. No one's going to say, yeah, the Torah says it's got to be a poor man. So I'm going to be poor. No, you can decide not to be that poor guy. And the same thing with the Egyptians. God never said that every single Egyptian is going to torture the Jews. So each Egyptian that chose to do so, did so out of his free will. God is just telling Abraham, this is what's going to happen. Your people, your children, your descendants are going to be enslaved in a land that is not their own. And Rambam uh, finishes off the chapter, repeating what he said in, in the previous chapter, that ultimately we don't really know, we cannot grasp how God can know the future and at the same time preserve free choice. That remains something beyond the human can. So we'll stop there. If anyone has any comments or questions, we'll open it up. Otherwise, if you need to go, we'll wish you a beautiful evening. This is the ultimate, sorry, I was just going to say, this is the ultimate paradox of free will on one hand versus prophecy and hashkacha protest. They seemingly can't coexist, but yet they do. And at the very end of the chapter, Rambam seems to be saying, it's just one of those things that we can't understand, right? Right, and, and he's really, he's repeating what he said, as he says, Kamosha Biyarna, as we explained in the previous chapter, where he goes into it in greater length. But that's a conclusion that he comes to, and he just goes into greater length, just as we don't understand how God knows things to begin with. He doesn't know things in the way that humans know things. And so just as we can't understand how God knows things at all, we cannot understand how God knows the future and preserves free choice at the same time. Knows, knows the future and also as if, and he controls everything. But yet we have free will. Right. So it's just, it, I don't know. Brad, well, no, the, the, uh, the question. Well, I, mean, I, I have some basic questions about this. I mean, it's, it's almost a question about this notion of free will. Because, I mean, it's not completely, you choose A or choose B. There's a, you know, choosing A is, is good. Why, why is it good? It's almost kind of saying that there's a kind of higher reason that's not kind of, and, 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 uh, not felt by the wicked who choose, choose wrongly. I mean, what does that mean? And why are certain people Russians? You know, certain. Um, I didn't catch that. 
So, well, you know, I mean, it's not, you know, for free choice means it's like, you know, the two, two alternatives are not equal, are not, are not are equal. One and one is better. There's a kind of moral kind of, uh, the, there's a certain, certain there's a, the, the, the better choice has a certain value to it. Right. Right. And so, so, so and then, and then I says, so then why are, why are people led astray to kind of choose something that's clearly not aligned with their kind of moral goodness? Right. So well, that's a good question. And so the question is, why, why do we choose make the wrong choices? I think the simple answer is that we have God, God programmed us with a, um, an, a soul called the Nefesh Bahamis, the animal soul, which has the Yitzhahara, the evil inclination, that is drawn to this type of stuff. And then we have our godly soul, which is drawn to the right thing. And, and we are the CEOs of the company, or the owners of the company, with these different, with different teams that are giving us different information and different um, strategies. And we, have, we, are the C- we are our free choice. That's who we are. We are the ones who decide which part of ourselves, which one of these teams are we going to listen to. The marketing team, <laughs> who says, you know, we got to make the product this way. So, 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 so the Tatania categorizes certain people, like the, the Sadek, who's completely has no yes or yes or paras. I mean, is that, so, so what, what does he, does the Sadek have free choice? I mean. That's a good, that's a good question. Does the Tzadik have a choice? So it's interesting. Yeah, the, 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 uh, the Alter Rebbe does get into that, and he does, and he does mention also that the wicked, and as Rambam we learned today, the wicked person could come to a point where he has no free choice, and he's being really controlled by his his uh, his evil inclination, and his, his godly soul has gone so dormant that you know the signal from the godly soul is like the person can't even hear it. But what did you ask? A good question. What, what about the tzaddik? Does he have free choice? So I I think that the just as Ram we learned today about the about the wicked losing free choice because of their wickedness. We do have a concept of the righteous, and they working so hard, and with the bless, you know, with the, with the with, with the blessing that they received from birth, that they uh, don't have free choice anymore, or their free choice is taken to a whole new level. In other words, even for 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 us regular people who are not sadikim, I mean, for, for, I'll talk for myself. Um, you know, I've fasted every Yom Kippur from when I was thirteen, so. Do I really have free choice to eat or drink on Yom Kippur? I mean, I wouldn't even think of it. Yeah, maybe if I was, God forbid, in some desert and I was dying of thirst, then I would be thinking about it and I probably could drink. I'll have two ounces, you know, every 10 minutes and so forth. But, you know, just to eat because I'm hungry or I see a nice looking donut on Yom Kippur, do I really have free choice? So in a way, we are all tzaddikim in this sense that there are certain things we don't really have free choice about. I think Rabbi Steinsaltz makes this point when in his commentary on the, ta- on the Tanya as a way to understand the tzaddik. So, you know, murdering another person, God forbid. I mean, you know, um, unfortunately, there are people who have to make that choice. Should I murder this person or not? Depending on the neighborhood they grew up on and, and the, the way they were raised and and, and what... And, you know, that, that's and, and the nature that they were born with. But I think for most of us, it's not really a free choice. So in that way, the tzaddik also, to do anything that is against the Torah, it's like, it's not even an option. So where does this free choice come in? 
because we still see like Moses and Aaron and others, you know, they considered Miriam, that they sinned and this or that. So I think their free choice is really between good and better, right? But to, to actually commit any kind of real sin, like idolatry or murder, God forbid, or, you know, doing some other sin in the simple sense of the word, um, I don't think they have free choice in that. It's more of, of a choice of doing good or better. And you know, making miscalculating what is the best, what is the best thing to do for the for the for the divine plan. So there's a, there's a, there's degrees of free choice among all, all of us. Right. In a higher category, right. Right. So and and I think I think um, you know we've all experienced that when you're, you know, when you're in a good place, let's say, right. When you're in a good place, everything is going. Your brain is 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 um, your mind is is clear and your heart is is free. You, you know, there's certain decisions that you 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 you'll encounter and you'll be like, yeah, of course I'm gonna do I'm gonna go follow this path. And then 